Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out 
out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. That lovely ballad you just heard was sung by the remarkable Rita Graham, who just happens to be our guest today. The song, My One and Only Love, was written back in the 1950s by Guy Wood and Robert Mellon. Although it's been recorded by many, many wonderful singers, including Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, and Dean Martin, and was heard on the 1995 Leaving Las Vegas movie soundtrack with Sting as the vocalist, it's Rita's version that's my favorite. That's one of the reasons I'm so happy she agreed to be on our show. She'll be talking about her upcoming film, We Are Kings, as well as her impressive singing career and her suspense novel, Karma Rising. Rita's amazing background includes touring with the Ray Charles Raylett's vocal group, performing with the Harry James Orchestra, and originating the role of Coretta Scott King in the off-Broadway musical Selma. Topping off this rich resume, she's recently taken on film acting in an independent movie directed by Toby Hubner, who calls her the Divine Diva. But before hearing from Rita, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if the chat room is ready for listeners to sign in. Nikki, are all systems go in the chat room? I think Nikki may be multitasking now, or we are having a little bit of uh, technical difficulty. I do see that the chat room is open, though, so uh, I hope listeners uh, will sign in and participate in the chat. We really do enjoy um, their participation, and we appreciate it, as well as we uh, appreciate all our other listeners. And it's my great pleasure now to bring Rita on. Welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters, Rita. Well, thank you, Betty Jo Tucker. And what a surprise was that was I had no idea you were going to play that cut. That was from a live C D that I recorded here in Atlanta at uh, what was then Atlanta's premier supper club uh showroom called uh, Sambuca Jazz Cafe. It closed in uh two thousand uh it was ten or eleven, I can't remember it. You know, two two days ago was kind of a long ago time for me. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank oh, you for playing that. It's it's just my favorite. Just I'm just blown away by it. And of course, we only played uh, half of that, so we're hoping that uh, we can play the whole thing as our outro music. So I hope listeners will will stay and. Um, and listen to the outro music and see and hear the rest of that. It's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, um, you know, Rita, you have so many accomplishments. You've done so much, and we've, we've got a lot to talk about, so much that we've decided to extend the show to 60 minutes. And we've asked the wonderful Judy Joy Jones to be our co-host. That seems only right, since I met you first on the Judy Joy Jones show right here on Blog Talk Radio, and I believe she's here on the line right now. Joy, thanks for agreeing to co-host with me today. Oh, Betty, Joe, I'm just overjoyed. I think both you and Rita Graham are my very favorite people of all people. Thank you so much. 
Well, you're you're on our list too, uh, Judy uh, Joy, and I need to uh, congratulate you, or I want to congratulate you on your upcoming book, My Journey with Mother Teresa. I understand that it'll be coming out next year. Uh, where can listeners find out more of, about that book? Wow, thanks so much for mentioning that. Actually, it is coming out. Uh, it will be on the market in April 2014, Betty Jo, and it can be found right now on New Horizons Press. And they are the publishers, and you can find it there. And I'm just so excited. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Well, I'm just so happy that the book will be available soon to everyone because I've read some of it, as you know, and I think it's just terrific. Now, I know you have some questions about Rita's singing career and her book, so why don't you get things started, and then and then I'll um, I'll uh, ask uh, Rita about her acting career. So, Joy, you're on. Thank you, Betty Jo. Um, so here we go, Miss Rita Graham. Um, I would just love to know, when did you first know you wanted to be a professional singer? I think I was probably three or four years old. I didn't know what a professional singer was, and I didn't know what they did. I just knew that I wanted, that I just sang, I was singing all the time. <laughs> and, I, wow. and I knew a lot of songs, and my mother said that before I could walk, uh, I was in my crib, and my mother said she woke up out of a deep sleep, and she said, what's that? What's that I hear? And my dad said, you know, uh, your baby is singing. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I was—I just started singing, you know, very, very wow. early. Very early. And, you know, Rita, um, I know that you and I have discussed the fact, but I want to know really on the air how did uh, the great Ray Charles, the Ray Charles we all know, help jumpstart your career? Well, I met uh, R.C. In, in Australia. I had gone to uh, Sydney with a, a Motown band, a boogie band. We all wanted to be Motown. And mm. I grew up in Detroit, so I grew up in this, in this environment of everybody was music and musicians and doing music and thinking music and there was just music everywhere. There were clubs everywhere. And even though I was a kid and I could peep into the club next door in my dad's barbershop, <laughs> go down and look in the, in the, you know, peep through the door, I was too young to get in, um, I knew that that was just a fabulous place to be. So when I, I moved to Los Angeles, um, I met a group of musicians and we got a job in Sydney, Australia. So the night before I was due to come back to the United States, um, the Ray Charles band was in town, and I, I knew the drummer. I knew Billy Moore was a wonderful, wonderful drummer who lives here in Atlanta now, uh, just retired from teaching at Clark uh, Atlanta University. He um, was no longer with the band, but I didn't know that. And I went over to the armory where the show was and it was freezing winter cold. I really didn't want to go. My friend made me go because she said you got to go, you got to go. Bless her heart. But um, I, uh, Billy Preston was with the band then, and we were standing outside with the groupies. And Billy came by and looked through the door, and this guy was not going to let us in. The stage manager was like, "No, you guys stay out there." And so Billy Preston said, uh, "Rita Grant, what are you doing out there in the cold? Come on in here." 
and uh, do you know R.C.? And I said, no, I've never met him. And when I met him that night, after the show, we stood around the uh, piano backstage. And he and I began, we, he sang a song, I sang a song, and he realized that I loved all these old songs. Mm-hmm. And so he began to challenge me with, well, you, 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 do you know this one? And sometimes <laughs> I didn't, but sometimes I did. I think I kind of surprised him because a lot of the Raylettes, uh, all of us were young, but a lot of the Raylettes came straight out of the church. Oh. And I, was, you know, I wasn't a church singer. I, uh, my mother was a person who loved jazz, and my dad had a big jukebox, big old-fashioned Seaberg in the, in the uh, barbershop. So I had the opportunity to hear all kinds of music as I was growing up, and the Motown was raging when I was growing up. So mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, my, my education is like every place my that I heard anything at all, it was music. So I see, when we came back to the United States, uh, I, I never thought I would see him again because I, I, I wasn't Raylat material. And he called and said he wanted to do this. So I, I was out getting groceries, and when I got home, my mother said, uh, you better sit down. She said, Ray Charles just called you, and he wants to make an album with you. Jeez. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. It, it was like a, I tell these kids now. It was wow. like meeting Jay Z today and have Jay Z or or one of these big time yeah. uh, Adam Levine or somebody call and say, "Hey, I I, I want to I want to have some investment mm-hmm. into your career." It's a terrific thing. Amazing. And you were just like. Rita, when you sing, you just kind of do it. You just do it from inside. I mean, you don't really warm up, or, or I mean, you sing so naturally, right, Rita? It's almost like you just, um, you know, your work on singing. I mean, your parents just never stopped you from being natural. No, you know, there was. I always wonder what kind of musician I would have been though if they had taken it seriously. They just thought that well, if you're not you know, you're not uh, Sarah Vaughn or <laughs> Carmen McRae or Ella Fitzgerald or somebody. You might as well forget it, you know. And, uh, oh. So and I never really had the, uh, except my mother was singing all the time. And my mother knew a zillion tunes. And so consequently, when R.C. and I would have tune contests, I was already, I was loaded for bear. I already knew the American songbook, you know, Sammy Kahn and Gershwin and the Rogers and Hart Rogers and Hammerstein and the, the marvelous, marvelous writers that were writing those things and the the Motown people, Marvin Gaye and Mickey Stevenson and the writers, Brian uh, Holland, Dozier and Holland and all those people that were going out of Motown. So I was hearing all, I mean, it was all just coming at me like one big circus, one big carnival. And... Um, hmm. Wow, and Ray well, and Charles was just your mentor. I mean, he he discovered you as a musical prodigy at a very young age, and he knew, right, Rita? He just said, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna this this woman knows how to sing, and I need to promote her." And you just went along with it. I mean, you were just like not even, um, but you knew who he was, right? You knew how great. Oh, yeah. Great I, I, but you know what? I had I had seen what other people saw. Of of uh, oh. our Steve, of the uh, the you know the rock and roll the high priest of soul, 
I had to reach right. back and really find out who Ray Charles, the the amazing genius that he brought to yeah. not yeah. only the you know the rock funk you know the the country thing, but what he did with these gorgeous ballads, what he did with mm-hmm. with the some of the Beatles, Paul McCartney, uh, John Lennon songs, just oh, just to hear his recording of Long and Winding Road and Yesterday and some of the, the ballads that people don't expect for him to sing that were tucked away on uh, projects that very few people are um, were aware of the public. You know, the general public wasn't aware of that soft side of Ray Charles. And that was the kind of uh, project that he produced for me, the Vibrations album that a couple of cuts are on uh, YouTube and sounds a lot like the George on my mind because the same arranger... Um, did the uh, uh, they produced uh, George My Mind also arranged uh, my cuts on the Vibrations uh, album. So it's it, it it was a whole discovery of a tremendous amount of music that I didn't even know existed. Well, and Ray Charles, uh, I, I, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, uh, but I but I just can't help asking this. Uh, how did you feel about um, uh, the biopic, Ray, that was made? Uh, I mean, you knew Ray Charles personally, and um, did you see that? Did you see that biopic? Oh yeah, and I thought it was tremendous. He had told me about all that. See, I met him after that. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had Ray Letts, you know, long before I ever, you know, thought about you know ever meeting him, and. Um, it, it was it was accurate except for Demi Fox did a fabulous job with the tender soft side uh, of RC, but Ray had another side that was just took the air out of the room when he walked into the room. You could you just felt like something had happened. You didn't know what it was, but uh, <laughs> people would start looking around. Uh, he had an amazing energy, and I've seen this in a lot of big stars. Um, they, it's it's like they're biogenetic. Uh, energy is yeah. maybe yeah, I, I don't I can't even describe it. It's it's powerful, and he certainly had that. And Jamie Fox couldn't get that across in, in the in the movie the way that I understood it, and the way that I felt it by being in, you know in his presence for almost two years. You know, right? Well, he did. He got uh, something across because he he did win an Oscar, and I hardly ever like biopics. That's one that I did enjoy very much and I want to mention um excuse me joy be, um because oh, you're just doing you. a great job uh, there with uh, uh getting Rita to talk about her singing career but we Absolutely. we do have someone who's been um in the green room and uh, waiting very very patiently and I'm um I hope that this will be a surprise to you to Rita I believe we uh, are going to be able to talk with Neil Hamilton who is your personal <laughs> photographer? Come on now. <laughs> Hi, Neil. Thank you for calling uh, Movie Addict Headquarters. How are you today? You're welcome. How are you, Betty and Judy? How are and Rita? How are you, three ladies? <laughs> we're great. great. We're great. <laughs> so, so you you work with uh, you work with the Divine Diva then, and uh, do you have a comment or question for her, Neil? 
Oh my God, the comments would—you don't have enough time on your show, actually. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's so funny because I moved down here from Cleveland. I used to be the official photographer for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, oh, from '96 wow. to 2006. So I've worked with a lot, a lot of major stars. So when I moved down to Atlanta, you know, I didn't know anybody really yet, you know, and I just kind of went out one day and I said, you know, I put my, my, my little music antennas on and I go searching for music. So one day I walk into this place called, you know, Sweet George's Juke Joint down on Peachtree. And Lord mm-hmm. behold, Rita's on the stage, right? So I don't know yeah. anybody. And I know proper protocol. You don't just walk up to somebody when they're performing. Yeah. Performing. <laughs> but something told me to go up and hand her my business card right away in the middle of a song, even. <laughs> and because something told me I knew her. When I, I looked at her, I, I, I just knew who she was, like the Oracle or something. So I just had to introduce myself. And we, we've been very good friends ever since. Wow. Well, Neil, I neglected to say yeah. that um, oh, he's a music fan extraordinaire. And. Uh, we have big, long discussions about music and musicians and who played in bands. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's like old home week uh, hearing uh, hearing him speak about what he's done at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But he also has a, um, a, a marvelous uh, visual art uh, company called Paint Out Loud. And he's, uh, when we get to the movie, talking about We Are Kings, he paints uh, celebrity guitars, uh, for usually for charity. So he's done uh, Carlos Santana and Sir Paul McCartney. But he also painted an image on the uh, I.B. King guitar. That's the um, character in uh, We Are Kings that uh, the actor Sammy Blue plays that guitar at the end of the uh, of the film with uh, Neil Hamilton's painted image on it, so it's kind of it's kind of cool. Well, that's uh, a, that's a great segue, uh, Joy. I think yeah. into the into the movie. So um, why don't we why don't we move to the, and of course I am such a movie huh. addict. I'm happy to move to the movie, but uh, and then we'll talk about. Well, maybe Neil Neil could stay on the stay on the phone while yeah. we while we talk about um, the uh, movie. We are uh, we are kings. I'm just so interested in that. Uh, what I've heard about that movie. So uh, so Rita, what drew you to this project? And then uh, Neil can maybe tell us uh, the same about uh, himself. What drew him to the project? But why don't you start out, Rita? Well, it was uh, I've been working with Sammy Blue, who is a legendary blues um, guitarist, singer, uh, writer, band leader. Uh, for years, and he's opened. We, as a matter of fact, we opened for Taj Mahal uh, just a few weeks ago here in Atlanta. So Sammy and I were working together. We were doing like small blues festivals and you know gigs and stuff in a few of the blues clubs uh, in and around uh, Atlanta. And um, he got a song in a Clint Eastwood film called "The Trouble with the Curve." Yes, and. Yeah, and, and so his song, uh, Everything in, in Mo, is in the trouble with the curve. Well, uh, to- Toby Hubner, who'd been trying to make uh, We Are Kings for a few years with a um, blues guy from Chicago named Magic Slim. The Magic mm-hmm. Slim had suffered all kinds of various illnesses, and I think Toby got the idea that possibly 
he needed to get another lead blues guy, authentic uh, roots music uh, mm-hmm. kind of blues guy for for the for the movie. And he walks into a theater. You know, he's an American who lives in Paris. He walks uh-huh. into a theater in Paris and sees Sammy Blue. And then he went to YouTube, and because of Sammy uh, pushing the idea to Toby, that, hey, you need Rita Graham for this movie, um, <laughs> then all of a sudden Toby said, yeah, hey, great idea. So we shot it in January, um, and it, uh, it's going to be uh, due for release, I guess, sometime this fall. I don't know what kind of time Toby's on right now. I'm not, I'm not in the loop. They're trying to get the trailer up and more information um, about it up on the web. And uh, they're, they're just shooting for a release to be ASAP. Uh, it's yeah. a lovely movie. It's, it's lovely. Well, it's very I, was, I wanted to tell you that um, I have had some email correspondence with Toby, and uh, he said that, uh, you you mentioned this, but, but he was a little more forceful in his email. He said that Sammy Blue agreed to play the main character in this film on one condition, and that was that Rita Graham play Lily. <laughs> so, that was, that's a, so, so Sammy Blue is going to be a guest on, uh, I was hoping that we could get Sammy Blue and, and Toby Hubner today, but that wasn't possible. But I did, they want, they do want to come on the show and, and we will, we will have uh, Toby and Sammy and Rita, maybe you, you would be able to come back when we talk about, uh, we are kings a little, a little bit more, but, but tell me, uh, tell us a little bit. Well, maybe before I go to that, Neil, is that how did yeah. you how did you get involved in We Are Kings? Well, it's so funny, Betty. It's like basically they pretty much adopted me in a sense. You know, I'm there as their artist, their photographer, their friend. So I'm around Sammy and Rita almost every week. We are at a concert, a show, a party, something. Mm. So we're always around each other now all the time. So all ideas and all projects are basically on the table. So you know, I'm there to help. You know, when I can help, actually. And since I've been painting, not only was I a photographer, but I've been painting. You know, I'm a celebrity artist, so I'm a you know visual artist. So I paint a lot for a lot of major stars in the world, anyway. So oh. I think we are all just like a perfect fit for each other. So we we we've had a ball together, all of us knowing one another. So usually, Betty, we're up at late at night, like Rita said. You know, we're on the phone all night long, just talking about all the variables and possibilities all the time. So, like I said, once again, it's just a perfect fit for all of us right now. <laughs> Well, it sounds like a, a great uh, match too, getting to work with people that uh, that you care about, and and I'm interested yes. uh, very much, Rita, in the character that you play, uh, Lily, which is the the wife of the of I B King, which is the part that Sammy Blue uh, plays. But tell us a little bit about uh, Lily. Well, Lily, everybody tells me that it, it's a perfect fit for my personality. I'm just doing me. <laughs> but That's the Lily, best way to do it. It's the truth. Everybody says, that. "Oh yeah," uh, but it, she's a magical character in in the film, and um, she uh, kind of holds, helps hold uh, the the symbiosis of of uh, that that takes place with the three young people who are in the film. Uh, the uh, Bianca Ryan is the other only female. She's 18 years old now. She's 
gorgeous. She won on America's Got Talent when she was... Yes, I remember. Uh, barely, yeah, barely 12 years old. And uh, she's just uh, just a gorgeous girl. And uh, the boy, John Boogie Long, is a guitar uh, phenomenon. He's, he's wonderful, and he sings, and he writes, and he's a lot of fun. And then the uh, young rapper was 15 years old, very positive, charming uh, writer uh, who just um, has a brand new record deal with a major label. So there's a lot of um, juice going on in, in this mm-hmm. film. A lot, of, a lot of lovely stuff and a, and a lot of mix, mixing of a musical genre that has never quite been done like this. Oh. Um, yeah, it's got blues, country, rock. Uh, rap, and then I get to sing um, a song that I wrote with a um, composer here uh, 16 years ago that oh. just happened the way the spirit moves, just happens to fit the um, the, the story uh, as if it was written for the story. Um, Good. Yeah. Is it's, that... It's, hmm? Do we know the title of that one? I mean, I'm kind of a title is coming in, into my mind, but um, tell me what the title of the song is, and then I'll tell you if that's the one I'm thinking about. The song is because of you, and he oh. uh, um, we wrote it just because I guess uh, the composer who wrote the music had the song intact, and all I did was just come in and throw some lyrics on it, you know, but. It was years ago. Now, the We Are Kings, uh, I came up with the idea, it's a very basic blues, that that would be a great title song. And I wrote four verses um, to We Are Kings, and then Sammy Blue said, we need to have everybody write their own verse. So it, it, it came, it, it just turned out so beautifully. Bianca wrote her verse. John Boogie Long wrote his verse. Um the the rapper um, Price Watkins uh, wrote a verse, and uh, Sammy wrote uh, his verse, and I I retained one of my verses, and uh, we all perform it uh, at, at the uh, at the end of the uh, the end of the movie. So, wow, it's, uh, what it's a one- creative way! A creative way to to work on the on the music. You must have really enjoyed that. Oh, I did. And Sammy Blue is the music director. On, on the, well, he's doing some music directing. I don't know what his official title is going to end up being, but uh, it's because of his music that was already recorded from the uh, organization that he founded here called the Georgia um, Music. I mean, so, I'm, saying, I'm sorry, Georgia Legacy. Um, mm-hmm. Foundation and it's a roots music organization, but also out of it, the artists involved are part of the Georgia Music Review, and uh, you know we do festivals and work together whenever we can. Yes, I've I've heard about that, and I I wonder if it's okay if we um, tell a little bit about the the plot. I did find out from Toby. Uh, something about the plot it's it's kind of uh, intriguing I, and i uh, correct me if i'm wrong when i try to summarize what he told me that that uh, lily and ib king that's uh, that's rita and and sammy that that uh, 
these two characters have been playing the blues at little juke joints all around the Mississippi Delta for many years. But then when Lily goes into a coma, of course, I.B. King feels heartbroken and falls into a drunken depression. And fortunately, two teenage musicians, and and, uh, you mentioned them, um, try to rescue her. I I think that really is a a sort of a, a poignant theme or plot for the for the film did i did i describe it correctly well they rescue him because i've, oh. I've gone into i'm in a coma i'm in the hospital uh and, and, so and there's i'm on life support but i appear in, in, in times and places to bring everyone together in in the film they rescue him he's out in the and well, we couldn't get any. We thought it was going to snow, but it didn't snow, so he had to just fall out somewhere. <laughs> and they they rescue him. And yeah, rescue of, him. He's he's the one that that gets get that gets uh, rescued. And and Toby also described Lily as a kind of saint in the film because uh, her spirit, even when she's in the in the coma, her spirit soars out of the hospital and influences. The events it sort of direct the action until everybody gets to their final destination, and, and it ends in an impromptu concert. I hope we're not giving any spoiler ways. I, I, I just uh, it just sounds like uh, like a wonderful film and one with a with a happy ending. So I can hardly wait to see that. Now, Neil, uh, since you've been associated with the film, yeah. does that is that pretty much um, the way you see that film running and and um, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about We Are Kings? Yes, I think uh, you described it you know, beautifully, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be even more things in there that people have not seen that are going to come out. And I think there's going to be more coming behind this movie. Even It could be a spinoff to a reality show. You know, it has that kind of magic going on there. And that's the one thing I used to always say about Rita. Rita is just like the Oracle in the movie The Matrix. She really is. And wow. I, yeah, I, I really mean that. <laughs> so... <laughs> And, and I laugh all the time because I've been around them from day one since I met her. And I've never seen these people rehearse, you know. They just oh. walk right into a session and sing and do what they do beautifully and walk away. Now, I've only seen one other person in the world do that, and that's been Aretha Franklin. She'll walk into a recording set, make take one take, and walk right back out. No rehearsal. That's what Rita does. <laughs> Probably it would be a lot better if we would rehearse, Neil. <laughs> well, I would know. But Sammy... Well, Sammy, Sammy's pretty good about rehearsing when, when uh, uh, under when, when you know you have to make him rehearse, but it's only when he has to. I, and, and I don't blame him because you know you you reach a point, and I guess after you've been doing this stuff for a couple of years, you just kind of just kind of know. You know, there, there's a lot of performances that uh, we have on YouTube and um, under Georgia um, Legacy um, Foundation. And also Sammy Blue, Sammy Blue Band, and under Rita Graham. So there's a lot of live stuff on there that, you know, a lot of it I wish I could, you know, take it back and fix it a little bit sometime. But um, for the most part, I feel really good about um, the things that I, I tell people that I did that they didn't believe. I can say, ha, 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 go to YouTube yes. and you'll see, you know. <laughs> Well, I've been I've been uh, boning up on uh, you and Sammy Blue, but and thank heavens for YouTube, and just been so uh, pleased with what I found. So I encourage listeners to uh, to do the same. So it's obvious that uh, 
you really enjoyed uh, working with uh, with Toby. Uh, what kind of a director uh, a director is he? Uh, oh, he's, Rita? he's out of his mind. I, you know, <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like every director I've ever worked with because I did a lot of. Um, extra work and stuff when, when uh, my, my girls uh, were little. And, you know, because I lived in Los Angeles, and so I worked the extra on a lot of film. And, and I've seen this same personality. He's, he's listening to the universe. He's, he's, he's trying to go with what he knows, and, then he's, and he's listening to Sammy, and, and he's trying to filter through everything that he's trying to filter through, and, 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 he, and he wants it yesterday. <laughs> so, but, you know, <laughs> but he sounds it's, it's very, different. very supportive. He sounds like like somebody who is uh, supportive of the of the actors in the in the movie, and I think that's really, really important. Now, you you actually did some um, some other acting, um, the off Broadway production of Selma. Is that uh, is that uh, correct? And you you created the or originated the role of Coretta Scott King. What was that like? Well, Selma was an amazing experience. We started. It was written by a Detroiter uh, who was a nightclub personality that I met uh, before Selma before Selma ever really began, or, or I didn't even think that he understood. Or, I mean, that he would be interested in anything like this because very charismatic uh, nightclub performer. And um, when Selma jumped off uh, originally in a um, church basement in Los Angeles, and then we took it to the Inner City Cultural Center where it ran for uh, about a year and a half, six nights a week, to a packed capacity. It was just uh, the the place was it was a little small theater, but it was jammed every night. It was the standing room only. And then Red Fox picked it up and took really? it to a large theater, a thousand seater in uh, Hollywood, called the uh, Huntington Hartford Theater. And we ran there about for about five months. And the director was really uh, who later became a really good friend of mine, uh, Mark Warren had also directed uh, every episode of Laugh-In. Oh. Yeah, wow. and, and uh, he had started in in, the, in Toronto with uh, that Second City comedy show that uh, came out of Canada that was uh, impromptu. Um, yes. Well, I remember comedy. it. I, I remember it well. Well, what did you enjoy about uh, playing Coretta Scott King in that production? I had three great songs. The rest of the, the show was, you know, was always this guy that wrote it, did a terrific job of uh, Dr. King. He was the best um, Dr. King that, that I've seen, and I've seen about six of them now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was wonderful. And the, the, the show was all mostly music, and every song was based on um, Dr. King's speeches. Oh. So, uh, I yeah, I had uh, I had the showstopper with Coretta's black suit and the veil, and the uh, um, and it was you know the widow's uh, song, and it was it, it was the one that got people to to their knees. It, it, it was it was a great show, and uh, when we did it off Broadway at the New Federal Theater, um, ten years after we closed in Hollywood. 
Um, mm. Woody King Jr. was the uh, kind of uh, uh, the guiding light for Selma uh, off Broadway in New York, off off Broadway, and uh, it, it didn't catch. It just did not catch on. I, I don't know what they they might have done to uh, to take it all the way, but uh, it's a it's a wonderful piece. And there is an album of the show online. I'm not doing the lead on the album because I was still signed to uh, television producer Mike Post. So there was a, a, a what do they call that? What do, what do they call that? Violation. I couldn't violate my contract. I see. Well, I sure wish I would have would have seen seen you in that. And you know, we we promised our listeners that we would also talk about your suspense novel, Karma Rising. Now, Neil, you're welcome. You're welcome to say, are you listening by phone or are you listening on the on the computer online? Well, no, I'm actually on the phone, my dear. So we'll we're just going to keep you here, and um, yeah, we'll, but we'll move into the. Uh, to, to hearing about Karma Rising, and I'm going to. Uh, I know that Joy, who's just been so quiet and patient <laughs> and listening, I know hey, that she's, she's definitely interested in uh, in this uh, in this book. So, so Joy, I'm going to uh, turn it over to you for a few minutes to to talk about uh, Rita's book. Sure, I'd love to talk about Rita's book. I've been with her since the beginning on this book. And Rita Graham, I would love to know about Karma Rising. What in the world got you to write this book, and what is it about? Well, it's a murder mystery, and, you know, they find the first body early on in the story, and it is a uh, takes place in 1997 uh, in a fictional suburb of Atlanta in a uh, restored uh, mansion uh, theater complex, mm-hmm. and um, it has. I mean, everybody says that people who've read it, uh, Neil's read it. Uh, Neil jokes about it being a big book, but uh, so many people have told me, and I know that you read it, Joy, and you encouraged me so mm-hmm. much to um, keep my 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 eye on the prize and. Realize what a great movie it will be. Absolutely. I have to interrupt here. I can't help it because I remember, Rita, hearing you talk about Karma Rising with Joy on her show and how you and I bonded over the movie Dead Again, which we both love. And uh, if your suspense novel gets a movie treatment, uh, I will be the first in line at the box office because I love suspense thrillers, and uh, I love the movie Dead Again, which you said is is kind of in the vein of Carmen, uh, Karma Rising, unless I'm mistaken. I, I think that's, yeah. what you, that's what you said, right? Oh, oh, Betty Jo, that was such a great moment because you went right to it. I mean, it, it just, <laughs> I, I was stunned. I was like, oh, yeah, I was to took my breath away because – I think I mentioned, I said something like, uh, oh, there was a film that I saw, I recently saw it on, because we were talking about what is Karma Rising about. And I said, oh, I must have been more influenced by this movie with this British actor, Kenneth Branagh. I can't say it probably. I'm saying it Kenneth Branagh. Um, Kenneth Branagh. Branagh. Uh, that's what it is, Branagh. Okay. You don't say the G then, huh? Branagh. No. Okay. It's just Branagh. Right. Kenneth Branagh. All right. 
Rana, I, and I never heard anybody say it. I just read it. And um, you said, oh, I think you corrected me then, too. And you said, that's that again. That and, again, and just, yes. Yeah, I went, oh, oh, yeah, because I had seen it. Uh, you know when it first came out, and then after uh, after I wrote Karma Rising, Karma Rising was finished, and at the publishers ready to go. It's it's available for your listening audience on uh, Amazon.com, Kindle, Look, um, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, and the publisher is AuthorHouse.com. Uh, but when you said that, I I was I, I was just floored because you know a lot of times. When you see these jewel, these little beautiful little movies that don't make the big, huge headlines, right. and they're not up in, you know, neon lights somewhere, you just don't realize that other people are, have those same sensibilities. But Karma Rising is about past lives, and they go through past life ter- testimony to learn a little bit more. Each character tells a little bit more about the killer. Ah, it just sounds like wow. it would. Uh, I agree with Judy Joy Jones. I mean, it would make a would make a great uh, a great movie. Yeah. So, so Hollywood, are you are you listening? I know. some filmmakers. I know. Yeah, I know some filmmakers in Hollywood. I know Lee Daniels, and I know uh, Bill Duke, and uh, so I, and, I, and I live around the corner. From Tyler Perry Studios, so okay. I'm hoping that eventually I can get somebody <laughs> to to read it because I I've, I have know. the feeling, and a lot of people have told me, that to read it if you get somebody who's got the power. Yeah, read this, it's a go. Well, Lee it's Daniels good. is on a roll because I uh, this uh, the Butler was number one at the box office. I think it made something like twenty five million dollars. Yeah. And uh, Lee Daniels, wow, he's hot right now. So yeah, he was great. a casting director. Yeah, he was a casting director when I met him in L.A. And uh, my friend, who was in and out of my house, they were in and out of my house for about two years in uh, in Los Angeles. So I uh, I got to see him a lot, and uh, and never really dreaming that he'd ever be. Uh, a person to make film. I knew he was a film buff, and he loved it. And I know he was a gifted casting director in uh, and his in con- and his connection with Oprah Winfrey. I mean, ah. you've got the ends. You definitely got the got an end there. Now we're we're going to be we're going to be urging you to capitalize on that <laughs> to get to Which I know I, I I don't know how to do that, but. You know, I'm, I'm an artist. I don't, I don't know. I'm like Neil always says all the time. I, I'm just an artist, and I, I don't know how to do those connections. But um, I remember how what a great listener Lee Daniels is. He's, he's he listens, and he is that that's a tremendous quality in uh, anybody yeah. who's yeah who's who's doing this. But you know, his first uh, Academy Award was for. Um, the Monsters Ball. Uh, he got uh, he produced and directed Monsters. Well, I don't know if he was producer, but I know that it was a Lee Daniels film that got the Oscar for Halle Berry. Oh, that's, that's actually, right, Monsters Ball. Oh, what a movie that was! Wow. Yeah, and then yeah. um, did he do Precious? Yes, I'm, Precious. Yes, I think he did Precious, and that got 
rave reviews. So now with the butler, he's definitely on a roll. So uh, please uh, pursue that. I mean, I, I think that I'm getting good vibes on this. Aren't you, Neil? Uh, absolutely. You know, and I had my one condition for a movie, too, because, you know, like I said, that's not the typical book I read. I'm always into deep metaphysics and all kinds of crazy stuff. But she, you know, really said, you're going to read my book. So I literally read her book, and it actually is very, very, very good. And my one condition was, like, one of her main characters, I think his name is Homer, had to be played by Billy D. Williams. Because I said, <laughs> Billy D. would be perfect for this role. You know, we haven't seen Billy D. in some time, you know? So no. I would love to see him see this role, do this role. I really need it. <laughs> wow, we're even uh, casting the casting the movie now. See, yeah, <laughs> people are thinking about it. We, we, oh, we spent so much time on the casting. You would you would not believe. We spent a lot of time casting the movie, and Sammy Blue would be a perfect Phineas. Just perfect. Oh, we've got to we've got to get Sammy Blue because we're we're really um, impressed with him because he's he's the one that that insisted that you play Lily and we are kings. Well, well, Joy, um, was was there were there any other questions that you wanted to um, to ask Rita? I know we've extended it to the show for to sixty minutes, but we've we've really <laughs> I mean the time is passing so so quickly. Yeah. But is there anything else to that you would like to to ask uh, Rita? Well, Betty Joe, the one thing that comes to mind is where is she performing now? I mean, what is her next gig that we could uh, see her live, Rita Graham? In Atlanta, Jokes and Jazz, tomorrow night, Cafe True 90. And I've got a beautiful restaurant, uh, Buckhead is Atlanta's Beverly Hills. And I'm uh, doing a Thursday tomorrow night uh, uh-huh. at a restaurant uh, internationally uh, diverse menu these people have mm-hmm. come up with. And, uh, it's called Tantra in, uh, on East Tree Road in, uh, in Atlanta. Tantra Restaurant and Lounge, beautiful place. Um, wow. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And then I'm with Sammy Blue and the Northside Tavern. On uh, September sixth, so we're we we'll be doing the yeah we do we'll Sounds be doing real real wow you're cheap. I'm so glad that you're you're sharing your remarkable gift with with others. And I just have to ask you if you have a favorite song you enjoy singing the most. Oh, favorite song? Goodness, that's such a hard question. I I know so many. I remember when I met Frank Sinatra. He said, "Which one of my albums do you did was your favorite?" <laughs> so, and when I told him it was only the lonely um, that project, he said that was his favorite also. Um, I have trouble with that whole favorite thing because I just love so many songs. I I still love Funny Valentine, and I still love Nearness oh. of You, and. Georgia on your mind, Rita. Yeah, okay. The Ray Charles thing, Georgia on my mind. Everybody tells yeah. me I do. You bring the house down with that one all the time. Oh, oh could you could you just, just could you just sing yeah. just a little little yeah. bit of Georgia on Georgia? Oh, on without the piano. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia 
on my mind. Georgia, Georgia, the sound of you comes through sweet and clear. Whoa, like moonlight through the pines. Whoa, other arms reach out for me. Other eyes smile tenderly still. In peaceful dreams I see the road leads back to you. Georgia. Georgia, no, 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 no peace I find. Just that old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Oh. Wow, what a treat for us. We're applauding, applauding. Oh, that is just so great, Rita. I'm so sorry to say that our time is almost up. And I this is this is just been one of my favorite shows of the past six and a half years, but but our time is up and so this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to Rita Graham for being such a terrific guest and to Judy Joy Jones for doing an excellent co-hosting job and to Neil Hamilton for being a surprise caller and just uh, thrilling us and special thank thanks you thanks to the thank folks you, at Blog Talk Neil Radio. Hamilton, uh-huh. NeilHamilton.com <laughs> NeilHamilton.com, right. (laughs) I want to thank the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and Nikki Starr and Demos Yanikos for all their help, as well as our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time when our guest will be noted film director John Badham, who's been responsible for such great movies as Saturday Night Fever, War War Games, and Dracula. John will be talking Ah! about his new book on directing. And in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. So let's go out with the gorgeous voice of Rita Graham again and the full version of my favorite ballad, My One and Only Love. The very thought of you makes my heart sing like an April breeze on the wing of spring, and you appear in all. My one and only love 
shadows fall and spray their misery in the hush of night when I'm in you I feel your lips so warm
In sweet surrender 